This episode is brought to you by Triggered 22 LLC, a veteran-owned apparel company. By purchasing a t-shirt, hat, or hoodie from Triggered 22, you're not only supporting a small business, but you're bringing awareness to veteran PTSD and suicide. Please help save the lives of those who fought for our freedoms. Visit Triggered22.com now and place your order. Let's help those suffering from invisible wounds. Welcome to the American Grown Podcast, hosted by Austin Sullivan. The American Grown Podcast will focus on people from different walks of life and their journey to where they are now. Now, turn up your volume and settle in for a great episode. Hi, I'm Austin Sullivan. This is the American Grown Podcast, recorded inside the ColorTech Creative Solutions Studios. Today, we have Greg Munyon, hybrid athlete and motivational influencer. Greg, welcome to episode 36 of the American Grown Podcast. What's going on? It's good to be here. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, thank you for coming in. I appreciate you being here. So some of the topics we want to discuss include drug and alcohol abuse, fitness, and consistency. Let's tell the listeners how we first met, because I think that's a pretty interesting story, and it goes back to, gosh, I don't know, 2010, 2009, something like yeah, that. Yeah, you were still in high school, living your glory days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was a Falcon Youth like football camp or something. Yep, yep. And for those that don't know, it would have been between Earl Bolt Stadium and the VA, right? Yep, yep. So over there where the throwers are for uh, <laughs> yeah. for spring for the track and field. And I remember, yeah, I think I was a junior going into senior year, and all the football players, you know, had to help out, give back. And I just remember you having this long hair. Long blonde hair, man. Long it's like Goldilocks. Right. <laughs> yeah, looking like uh, Sunshine from Remember the Titans. Yeah. You know, and I don't know how. I don't know who came up with it, but everybody. Probably Coach War, you know. It Coach probably was War. Coach War, exactly, <laughs> yeah. You just were, uh, you were Hollywood. Yeah, that's what, that's what it seemed like to everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that nickname kind of stuck. Like, I honestly, I didn't even know your name was Greg until maybe a couple of years ago. I was just always, hey, it's Hollywood. I mean, every time I'd see you. Every time I see you taking pictures and taking our football pictures and everything. Yeah, so, I mean, we've known each other for quite some time. I've watched you grow up, photographed you, football, yep. track, what What else? Basketball. Basketball, yeah, yep. your career in basketball, which has had some ups and downs, you know, <laughs> yeah. for sure. But, uh, yeah, let's, let's dive into it now. What was, you know, your early childhood like? Let's get that whole background story. To start off, I go way back. Um, I grew up in South London. I still live there now. Actually, I bought that house from my dad uh, pretty recently. Congrats, man. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. Seriously. Yeah. Thanks. That was one of my goals uh, growing up ever since I got out of college, but we'll get to that. And way back, uh, I was with my mom, my dad, and my full sister, and uh, that's Abby. We lived at uh, 202 Crest Road, way out uh, South London, and you know, times were a little different out there for me. It was tough growing up. I was young. Didn't really know, obviously, what was going on in the real world, and um, my dad and my mom they they weren't always they weren't always on good terms. And uh, my mom had a little bit of an alcohol problem, and my dad he was always working. I mean, he was he was a hard worker, and I'll give that to him. It's where I get it from, no doubt. Uh, some nights, you know, it was it would get late, and I would be alone with my sister or whatever, and it was just a little bit of a rough childhood growing up there. Some of the things you see when you're growing up, and I say it now because I'm I don't I don't drink alcohol, and it's like people say you know why it's just it's just a little bit or you could just having fun yeah yeah and it's like 
I've seen I've seen the things that alcohol does to people, some of the worst. And you know, it it's it scars you. It leaves it leaves some pain still in there where it's like, you know, I just don't I don't need anything to do with that. It's it's just not me. I mean, some nights you can get into staying up as late as two, three in the morning at four, five, six years old, and I was sitting on that couch, you know, just waiting for a car to come down the road. Hopefully it will be my parents, you know, and it's like, where are they at? What's my sister doing? You know, it's like you just – I was sleeping on the couch. I actually – fun fact, I slept on the couch until I was probably 18, 19 years old. Really? I just, I, I so what, wanna... did, what, what did you think was going on? I mean, like you said, you're so young, sleeping on the couch, waiting for your parents to come home. So, I mean, it was like I was so young, I really had no idea. It was like just where – I was just kind of thinking like – I was kind of thinking like, where are they at? You know, like what's, what's going on? So even it's weird. Even when I would sleep and they wouldn't be home, if I would fall asleep, I would almost wake up because I had a feeling I was alone. Like yeah. it was like, why is it so quiet? Like where? So I would, I would sit there and wait and wait and wait. And they come down the street. I mean, they would get home and it's like, I'm so young. I really don't know what's going on. And they're just belligerently drunk. Not my dad, mainly my mom. He's trying to keep her in line. And like, I had no idea what was going on, but I would kind of just, they would just scream and yell and fight. And it's like, as a six-year-old, five-year-old kid, you're like, what, what's going on? Like, why are they acting like that? Or why are they, all I'm doing is like caring for them. Yeah. And it's like, you're just kind of getting yelled at where it's like, all right, like, I don't know. I don't know really what's going on, what I'm doing wrong, but right. doing something wrong. So so, so you you have an older sister, right? Yeah, yeah, Abby. Abby, yeah. So what was she doing or how, was she comforting you? Like what was going on? Yeah. I mean, she was, she was good with me growing up. She, uh, pro, she's like two or three years older than me. She kind of always did have an idea what was going on somehow. I know she was, she was a little definitely smarter in that aspect than I was with that kind of stuff. So she would definitely help me out. You know, we would, we would be there for each other and that was a long road coming with her for sure. She helped me out a lot. Like I definitely appreciate her for doing that for me. But, um, she would kind of just be in her room. She had no problem sleeping in her room, you know. I, yeah. I was like, I was kind of just like that that worried kid. I kind of just sat out there like, you know, where's mom and dad at? You know, I, I just had that like, I would have that feeling being alone where it's like, I need I need some comfort to know that like I'm safe. Right. And I probably even wasn't safe. But, you know, it's just as a kid, you're like, where's where's mom and dad yeah. at? And I was such a mama's boy too. Where so I was like, yeah, I was. So it was it was a little tough for me to see those things, but it was also it became normal. You know what I mean? Where it was yeah. like, you just, you see things where it's like, it kind of, it just becomes normal so much because you see it so often. And then you just wake up the next morning and it's like, just forget about it. Like, you know, it was like it didn't happen. Like it didn't happen. Really? I mean, you could talk about it all day long about the nights and nights again and again, every single weekend. My mom worked at a bar actually. She was a bartender. So that's kind of, that's kind of yeah. how it got, that's kind of how it got started. But then moving on from her being an alcoholic and me going through that as six, seven, eight years old, maybe we ended up moving to, um, Plaza apartments, uh, over by Coles. And then we moved to summit square and I met so many good friends there. You know, I played outside a lot. I was an outdoor kid. It okay. was just, you, you never want to be home. Like, yeah, that I was, that was, that, that was your escape, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was cool to hang out with those friends a lot. We played football, you know, I met a lot of good people there kind of kind of older kids so i kind of like i was younger you know because you were older and it was like yeah. i almost like connected with older kids better oh you definitely did it's yeah, yeah. like your, your personality or something i don't know what it was but you you definitely 
clicked. Like I just remember, for, like I said, first time meeting you, I was like, this this guy's special. Like he's he's gonna do something. I don't know what he's gonna do, but yeah, he's gonna make an I mean, impact. There was a there was like a something in me that kind of just probably made me grow up a little quicker than than yeah. most. You know, you just go through some things where it's like you have no choice but to grow up. So you kind of have a, a, a little bit more of a mature mindset. Exactly. And probably going through that so early on, you, you had to mature a lot quicker. Yeah. You know, you had to take on responsibilities that maybe, you know, other kids, you know, your age wouldn't have to take on. Exactly. So, I mean, living in like the Plaza Apartments and uh, Summit Square, it was it was actually a good time. My mom was doing good and, and we were doing good. We were, we were pretty happy there. And from what I know, you know what I mean? Met a lot of good people, a lot of good friends. Moving on from there, we lived there through like elementary school, getting into middle school. And then my mom actually going through her mom's like end of her life. You know, it was tough on her. And my mom had a very tough uh, childhood, too. So she just went through a lot of traumatic things that probably took a good toll on her. But when we got into that, we ended up moving. She wanted to start like some kind of business, some kind of nursing business on Moravian Street. And when we got into there, it's kind of when she got into like some tough times and I think she got into some, some bad crowds and, you know, she got into some kinds of drugs going through the, the drug scene, you know, it's just, it's, it's very common in London, you know, it's a, it's yeah. a bad. Well, it's worse than people think. Yeah. yeah no, it's, I, it's, it's and a I don't e- And I don't even know, you know, yeah, I just, yeah. the little that I know. So, okay. So let's back up a little bit. What grade, what age? I would probably say I was like 10, 11 years old. When okay. um, 10, 11, 12 years old around then when my grandma passed away and my mom was going through that tough time. So, and that was tough for me too, because I don't know what it is. I just grew up with all like my sisters, my yeah. mom. I mean, I, I lived with my dad for a little bit, but it was like more of like the maturing age for me. I was, I was going through, uh, I was living with women. So mm-hmm. I was just always with my mom and, you know, I was, like I said, I was a mama's boy and my sisters always took care of me when my mom wasn't around. So we kind of just had that connection. Then I had that connection with my grandmas too. Like when I was little, I was really, really connected with my dad's mom. And then I just had a good connection with my mom's mom. I didn't see her too often, but when I did, you know, it was kind of just like, she always just favored me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we just had a good connection. And then going through that, it was tough for my mom and it was tough for me too. I was, I was a little younger. So you know how it is. Yeah. You had mentioned it was getting better. So it sounds like your mom was kind of getting off. Uh, of drinking and, and yep. fighting those demons but then you know her mom passes away obviously devastating you yep. know whenever you lose a loved one now do you know or, or remember what substances she started to use then or how um well they, she got into like i said the wrong crowd and i think i think it kind of started which a lot of people start with like uh it's like oxycodone or yeah, oxycodone, oxycodone yeah. yeah and that goes into you know, like the uh, prescription drugs and yeah. people getting the pain pill, pain pills and all that stuff. So, I mean, a lot of it starts with that, which that's why a lot of prescription companies were getting sued and yeah. all that Well, it of escalates stuff, so. quickly. It starts out maybe, you know, trying something here or there. And at least from, you know, what I, what I think of it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're, you're getting into it, but yeah, you're right. Lebanon and it, you know, I'm sure it's everywhere. York, Lancaster, Harrisburg, you know, throughout the country. But I know just, here where we're at color tech right across the the streets and some of the alleys you know cops oh, are there all imagine. the time yeah busting people because i don't know what's going on but i, I know it's not it's, it's not supposed not, to be going yeah, on yeah, you know yeah. what i mean yeah and it's a shame because you worry about like the youth and and like what you what you had to go through i mean obviously you turned out great look at you i mean you turned out <laughs> all right but it's like it's a shame that uh 
our young people have to have to fight these battles you know your death your grandma obviously traumatic what then like what what started coming on when did sports really become big in your life so when we got into when we got into sports it was around um eighth grade I was playing football I played football my whole life but when we got into like middle school is when you know, you kind of start to get serious. Kids start to be like, all right, I got to go to the workouts now and all right. that stuff. Yeah. And I get I get tied up with some good people. I mean, Zach Keffer, one of my best friends for life, for sure. Yeah. And uh, Grayson Williams, good dude. Those two especially, those guys were big, big help. And I doubt they even know it, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but they were a big help. And the Keffer family and the Williams family, like the, the whole families, they took care of me. They took me in. They, they gave me the rides that I needed. And they kind of just... They may not have known exactly what was going on, but they just took it into their own hands to take care of me for life. I appreciate them for that. So we got into eighth grade, and then I was taking football pretty serious. But then after football, it was like life got real tough in eighth grade with my mom and drugs. And I was kind of having to, you know, take things into my own hands when I was living with my mom. We were living out in Cornwall. We moved from in the city, moved out to Cornwall, and she was just involved with the wrong people, you know, and I was probably in not a safe environment. So then I actually ended up going cyber school in, in eighth grade after football. I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 Not many people realize that. Honestly. I mean, my absence must not have meant, (laughs) Oh dude, no, (laughs) no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. No. But after football we got in, I went to cyber school and then, um, I actually wasn't even doing it. I wasn't even. I was like, saying, you probably hated it because I can't no, see you doing cyber. No, school. no, I'm I'm a very social person. You are. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and that's good for kids, like when they go to school and they and they socialize. Because oh, yeah. I mean, my nephews and stuff, they're they're they do the same thing. Like they're kind of they need that social part of the school. Not be not many people realize that. Like not many teachers and stuff realize that. Like there's kids that like they don't need school. Like they probably, I mean, who knows what they're gonna do after. Like right. maybe just go to work or whatever, which is fine. But like they need school more than school needs them. Yeah. You know what I mean, oh, I agree. Or they need sports. They need football more than football needs them sometimes. Yeah. So like if there's kids that maybe sit the bench a lot or like in basketball, like I sat, I sat the bench. I quit freshman year, got cut sophomore year, got on the team junior year and senior year. And I think coach Smith honestly really helped me out. And just, I played JV junior year, whatever. I don't care about that. I was one of those kids that probably needed basketball more than basketball needed me. And Coach Smith realized that. And that's why, like, forever, I'll, I'll appreciate him for taking yeah. me in on that, yeah, too. He's a great guy. He's a great dude. He's a great guy. And I, I agree with everything you're saying because I feel like uh, humans in general, right, we're, we're, we're creatures, social creatures. And school, sports, exactly like you said, is, is that escape, whether the coaches or teachers know it at the time. You know, no, we don't know the demons that – you know, each other battle. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. we don't know that. And you, we don't know what our families are going through. So, you know, it's important to, I think, keep in touch with those family members, with those friends, like you said, even back to uh, the Zach, but like even just giving a ride and things like that, like meant the world to you. And mm-hmm. like, they probably had no idea, but like that really affects somebody. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, just little things like that. There's, there's little care things that you just didn't get from people that you thought you, that you should get it from, but then they give that to you. And it's like, it's almost like they got a love for you more than people yeah. that should have that love for you. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, and obviously my mom had no idea. She wasn't in the right state of mind or anything during that during that time. Yeah. But um, I went to cyber school, and then I actually got into, they told me, like, 
you're probably going to fail eighth grade if you don't come back. So you should probably come back. Wait. So the school, like, 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 like the school reached out and said, if you don't come, but you're doing cyber school. I was doing cyber school through this program in at Cedar Crest. Oh, so they could like see your, so how they you're could, doing. They could see, there was progress. like somebody who was in charge of it and then they would see my progress and probably see yeah. that I wasn't doing it. I was, honestly, I was probably going to the YMCA every day. <laughs> well, at least you're doing fitness. I mean, yeah, at least yeah. you're working out. Yeah, it yeah. could have been worse and you could have been doing worse things. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. No yeah. doubt. Okay. So the school's like, you got to get back. Yeah. Yeah. And know. it was actually the start of PSSAs. I'll never forget it. And, um, they were like, you got to come back, take these PSSAs and then you'll come back to school permanently. So I was like, all right. So the first day I wake up, woke up late, missed the bus. Oh, so I'm like, oh man, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do here. I don't, I don't want to fail. So I was like, well, I mean, I know my way around. I knew my way around better than a, better than an eighth grader like should, should have. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'll just walk. I'll walk to, to Cedar Crest from Cornwall. So I walk there, I get there and I'm, I'm soaked and the principal's like, you know, why, why are you wet? And I'm like, yeah, I, I had to walk here. I missed the bus. He's like, wait, you walked here? Like you, you couldn't get a ride. And I was like, you know, well, he's like, where are your, where are your parents? And I'm like, you know, what, what am I supposed to say? You know what yeah, I mean? So yeah. it's like, yeah. you know, he's, and he's just like, all right, no explanation needed. Just like, and I just, from that time on, I went into a back to school, got into track and field, which yeah. was a big, big, uh, part of my life going, growing up through high school then. And, uh, I ended up passing eighth grade, thankfully. There you go. Good, right? <laughs> and yeah. then uh, after that, going into like high school, like I said, Keffer and all those dudes, we just got real tight. And that kind of just carried me right into like high school. Like a brotherhood. School. Yeah. It's like a brotherhood. Pretty much, yeah. So, so while this is all going on, like like you had to walk, that's a pretty good distance for, you know, listeners or people that aren't from Lebanon area. I mean, what would you say that, like an hour? Oh, yeah, if yeah, not yeah. two, if not uh, two. I would probably say like definitely an hour walk yeah. from, from Cornwall Elementary to Cedar Crest. Yeah. That's a yeah. good hike. So I mean, while that's going on, you know, your mom's fighting her demons. Uh, your dad just working full time, or well, I know he, you're not. My dad, with my him. dad was a mason. Um, he okay. was a, he was a, a block mason since he was 15 years old. And wow. for anybody that doesn't know, like what a block mason is, I mean, Tell it's, it's yeah. tough work. Like he's he's blue collar more than anybody I know. And um, they're tough too. Oh yeah. Tough, yeah. I mean, that guy gets a hold of you. His paws, man. I was he'll say, he'll yeah. like he'll Bear probably claws. scratch up my neck with those calluses. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> So he was just doing that. He was doing that a lot. I mean, that's a, that's a tough job. It's, it's a long days and, and you just don't have, you don't have much in you after a work day, but he, he would come and check on me. And for whatever reason, uh, I believe my mom had custody of me or something. So I was, I had to stay there for, for that time. Everybody's like, you know, why wouldn't you just move out or whatever? Right. That seems, that seems like the simple solution. Just move out. But, but the system, man, it's like, it's, it was it was weird. So she ended up having custody, I believe, and then it took some time for them to be like, all right, you know, obviously this isn't a safe living environment. You can you can leave. Yeah. So that's when I did uh, after eighth grade. I moved into my dad's house going into freshman year. So that was that was like one of the biggest blessings of my life right there. But yeah, he would come and check on me. He would knock on the window. The door would be locked. He would knock on the window and make sure I was all right. And it would be early mornings. I mean, it would be five o'clock in the morning he'd be on his way to work and he'd yeah. come knock on the window make sure i was all right he would always check on me i mean i'm his only son so you know he's got that he's yeah. got that you, you would know you oh, got, yeah you got one i got a baby born away you yeah. got a baby born away yep. congrats thank you thank and, you um, hollywood yeah that's probably i mean for him that was a that was a big goal when he was yeah obviously becoming a dad it was like you know obviously a dad wants a boy you, you do anything anything for your kids but like the boy that's that's the heir you know yeah, to your yeah. last name you know so exactly you, so you, you, yeah want to carry that on that was that was big for him, and he did a he did a good job checking up on me and 
doing what he could when he when he could. So, you know, I always me and him are just like more now is is more of like a I wouldn't say like brothers or friends, but we're we're like best friends. Yeah. We're like best friends. Yeah. It, it, obviously we still have that dad son connection always obviously but it's, it's just, just it's more it's yeah, something more it's, it's to more it. than that yeah. now like you just have that because you've been through stuff yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, i know what you're talking about exactly yeah. so now you mentioned track and field and how that impacted your life coach bear i see you have team tiff a wristband always the pink wristband so always. tell us a little bit about that and you know kind of wrap up like high school your high school career when we got into high school i moved in with my dad freshman year my mom still wasn't doing well, but, you know, she was kind of on her own. So it was what it was. I wasn't really thinking too much about it. And um, me and my dad out there where we're at now, living on our own and got into freshman year uh, football. Actually, freshman year of football, first game at Penn Manor, I broke my broke my wrist playing quarterback. That was a big, big hit because, you know, I was feeling really good about that year. You know, you're kind of just yeah. developing. It's a big development year. Right. I was feeling really good. We were playing well, and uh, that was a, that was a big hit to me and my dad because you know we just we we had that we had a love for football as me playing. He loved watching me, and I loved playing. So that was a big hit. But you know, when I broke my wrist, I still went to football every day because that was still like my 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 getaway, like my mental. I just had mental clarity when I was at football. Like I did, I had no worries. Yeah, I was with my buddies. But like you said, brotherhood, like that's the, that's the important part about playing sports growing up for kids is just that brotherhood. Like I see a kid now that was on my football team that might have been a, a sophomore and I was a senior. And sometimes kids kind of think they're like just too good to talk to those kids when they're seniors or yeah. whatever. That just wasn't me. Like if I see a sophomore kid now that was on my team when I was a sophomore or when he was a sophomore, I was a senior it's it's still we still have that bond it's like yeah. you know you've been you've been through those two a days you've been oh, through those oh, yeah exactly so, so it's not it's not blood but yet it's it's damn near close camaraderie you know I mean? yeah. like you you never you never really lose that i see kids in the gym now and i'm like i still say what's up to them even if we don't talk much outside of there and it's like you know no matter what we you've been yeah. you've been through some some tough days together and enjoyed those days together too i mean oh yeah cedar crest football and cedar crest track and cedar crest basketball those days are those those are something you'll never forget. Mm -hmm. Never forget. Like two days, you dread those days sometimes, but in the end, getting to this point now, we're probably like, man, I'd do anything to go oh, back yeah. to those days. Oh yeah, to go back and throw again, or you know, God, getting a three point stance, you know what I mean, and <laughs> yeah. line up against somebody to yeah, hit them, yeah. just to throw oh, some dude. pads on one more time. Yeah, you know, yeah. you, you just can't beat that feeling. I think any athlete would say that, whether you know, swimming, softball, basketball, baseball, it's like, yeah, to go back just for a, a game, maybe yep. two, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Junior high school, things are getting better, right? Things are getting good. Yeah. Um, playing sports. Yeah, playing sports. You know, uh, grades are good. Actually, a complete change from eighth grade year. Uh, all through high school, I perfect attendance. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So That's phenomenal. And that's, with, that's with my dad. You know, it was kind of just my dad's just one of the people that was just show up. All you yeah. got to do is show up. You know, you don't need to be the, the craziest athlete out there. You don't need to be you know, the biggest overachiever, it's more of just about being consistent. So show up day in, day out and do what you got to do, get the job done. And if you do that, success will come. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you, if you show up, you just can't, you can't go wrong when times get tough, you're still showing up. When times are easy, you're still showing up. So football really helped out with that. And then you go right from football into basketball season 
and then you go right from basketball into track season and you didn't want to miss practices because if you miss practices you're behind you're behind yeah. so that that really helped me out like you mentioned coach smith awesome dude I mean, who won't want to show up and play for that guy? Oh yeah, he's he's oh he's so motivational. He's one of the best dudes mm-hmm. in that school you for can... for the kids and for the and for the players. Yeah, and then football yep. so, sophomore year was uh, Coach Wilderson's first year, my sophomore year, and he's an awesome dude. Along with other guys that he brought in, I mean, Coach Kirsch, Coach Love, all those dudes. We created a crazy bond. Coach Gerhart, crazy bond with those guys as us being their first group, and then obviously we all know. Coach Rob Bear, right. legend, legend legend around oh, uh, yeah. Lebanon County. So Phenomenal showing up guy. for those guys was amazing, and uh, you you want to show up for those guys. You didn't you yes. didn't dread yes. practice, right? Like some kids are like, ah oh, man, you know, I just want to get the game there. I just want the season to be over. I, I never had that thought in my yeah. mind, never because you're with your boys, you got good coaches. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't beat it. You can't beat it. You can't. Beat you really it. can't beat it. And so yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because even I graduated. Uh, in 2011, when did you, when did you graduate? 2017. 2017 from Cedar Crest. So even like back then, you know, I had Coach War and of course Rob Bear, Coach Bear. You know, I just did track and football. But uh, even even my ninth grade coach, uh, Steve Lebo, who was on the podcast, like good coaches bring out the best in athletes. And like you said, you want to play for them. You want to show up to practice, you know. And uh, yeah, it means a lot. So they got some great coaches over there at Cedar Crest. Oh, for sure. 100%. Yeah. I mean, you can't beat those guys. So now, life after high school, you went to LVC. Went to LVC for a year. One of the uh, bigger events that I'll never forget in my life was um, getting out of senior year, high school, playing football. Your your first thought is kind of like, all your buddies are going to play football. So it's like, you know, I want to play football in college. Yeah, and right. when, when you can, you're like, well, I might as, I might as well because yeah. I'm going anyway. So um, I was thinking LVC just to stay home and commute, you know, try to keep it a little cheaper. Me and my dad didn't have much money. And, what were um, you? I'm sorry. What were you going for? Like, what was? Um, it was it was more of just like a business business okay. major. You know, it was like first I wanted to be a teacher, then I kind of just switched to a business major. So then I was like, well, I'll just I'll just grind this out. You know, yeah. whatever. I could see you being a badass history teacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, first day of football camp, go into football camp. You know, go through the whole day, and I get to my dorm at night with the other kid that's commuting and. Me and him, we played different positions, and we weren't, we didn't really have much in common. So I was kind of just like sitting there on my bed, and I'm like thinking in my head, like, man, this isn't for me. I had a, th- I had a second thought about it before I went, and then I ended up going still because my dad, you know, just being my dad, he's like, you know, just try it out, see how you like it, whatever. And then when I'm there, he's like, well, you're there now, just, just keep going. And I'm like, you know, it's just, just not for me. It's not for me. And I kept telling him, and I was like, you gotta come pick me up. And he came and actually picked me up from football camp. And he was he was very mad that I that I left. Uh, he's pretty disappointed. Was he? Yeah, and he yeah. actually didn't talk to me for like a week after that. Oh, come on, Dad. <laughs> so so yeah, I understand. I mean, he, but then he ended up yeah. understanding. You know, he ended up just he wants the best for you. So yeah, he, yeah. He wanted you to keep going after it, but yet, I I mean, I could see that. So it was just one day at camp. Yeah, that's all you made it through. That's all I made it through. One day at camp. Now it wasn't because of the workout. It was oh, just no, mentally. No, no. I was actually I yeah. actually did very very well for a freshman. I mean, I worked out hard to go into that that environment with those other kids because I was expecting a lot more. When I got there, I was just like, you know, obviously just not for me. So I ended up leaving, and I ended up still staying at LVC. Like we, that was like two weeks before the school year even started. So then I still went through a year at LVC, and I met some awesome people at LVC. Still, was working out with the track team a little bit. Some good people on that team. 
I actually met a couple of basketball kids. I knew some kids from the basketball team. And I met a kid, actually, uh, Gordon Scholler. He lives in uh, Long Island, New York. Good, good dude. I still talk to him to this day. And, and I didn't even go back. I, I went one year, obviously, didn't go back. And he's like, oh, man, you're not coming back. And I'm like, you know, probably not. I can't, I can't, I can't afford it. So even still, he was, like, one of my best friends. Like, yeah. I feel like I only knew him for that time, but he would do anything for me yeah. if I needed. Shout so, out Gordon Scholler. Yeah, shout yeah. out that dude. I mean, that guy's... He's still a ride or die no matter what. That's awesome. Wow, that's that's a tight bond. You know what I mean? To get it that quick. Oh, yeah. And yeah. That's that's what college does. It kind of just brings – and college is not a bad thing. It brings a lot of people with uh, different mindsets together, and you meet a lot of good people. I know a lot of my buddies, and uh, they, they meet they meet a lot of friends that you keep that friendship for your life. Right. I mean, frat, frat brothers or however you go about college. It's just – it's a good environment. Not a, It's not all bad. There's There's a lot of bad things pushed on college. You know, some kids get the benefit out of it. Some kids don't. Everybody's different. Yeah. So. yeah it's a good, it's a good uh, mixing pot, you know, melting pot. Everybody's yeah, kind of yeah, gets exactly. thrown in to the same situation, especially freshman year. You don't know what you're walking into. <laughs> yeah. So you got to make those bonds real quick and, and, and find your, your, you know, your friends. Really. Yeah, your little group. Yeah, exactly. Get caught up with, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. You know, done with LVC. Did you then go right into a full-time job or what was that transition like? So I got out of, I, I passed through my freshman year at LVC. And then um, it was a struggle. I'm not going to lie. But I got through. And then I was helping my dad work a little bit. And Coach Smith, actually, I was helping him at his house do some landscaping. He's like, you know, my dad's, my dad's got a job, uh, summer help. And I was like, you know, sounds good. I'll, I'll, I'll try that out. Why not? Yeah. And I didn't know that it was 40 hours a week as coming out of, a, coming out of like <laughs> college. So I'm like, all right, sounds good. So I kind of committed to that for that summer. That was literally like God's plan right there, going into going into that job because I met some of the best and got close with some of the best people that I'll probably ever meet in my life. Like Coach Smith, obviously one of the greatest dudes I know, and then getting in with his family, you can't like that family is was the biggest blessing I've ever even I've ever even even experienced. Like I I told you about the Keffers and all them, but I get into the Smith family and they helped me through some tough times like and I appreciate everybody that's helped me out I started working with coach Smith's dad who's like I said had a job for me and I helped yeah. out summer help and I was going to go back to college and actually I woke up the morning I was going back to college and I wasn't going to be summer help anymore obviously and I got an email that they're like oh you know you're gonna have to pay this much because you lost this grand or whatever and I was like no, that's not happening. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, wild. I'm sorry. Not the day happening. of, like that morning. Yeah, yeah, that morning I checked my email and I'm like, Jesus. yeah, you got to come to like this office and talk to us about this and that. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, where do I drop out at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty yeah. much what I said. Like, where, where do I uh, resign? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> where do I get out of this? Because, you know, exactly like you said earlier, college and going there. It's, I think it's, it's definitely worth investment. Like, if you know what you want, you're going lawyer, doctor, yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. But. If you're not sure, like, why not do, you know, a hack or Reading Area Community College, two-year, four-year, and then go from there. But, you know, there's a lot of great-paying jobs out there that need hardworking people. Yeah. So it's awesome that, you know, at that young age, you know, you're like, no, this this ain't happening. Like, this ain't yeah. worth it. So, okay, c continue from there, yeah. So that day, my boss at the Cornwall Borough, which is actually Coach Smith's dad, Tom Smith, good guy. We call him Linker. Linker, um, shout Linker, out Linker. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Okay. No, awesome dude. One of the best people I've ever met also. And um, he texts me. He's like, how was class? And I'm like, yeah, class didn't happen. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Class was good. Right? Class was good. <laughs> so then yeah. I was like, yeah, you know, I didn't go back, whatever. He's like, well, we can we can bring you back. We still got some money in the summer help fund, whatever. So I was like, awesome. Appreciate it. So I went in the next day, went back to being summer help. From there, they ran out of summer help money, got into um, actually helping out Gordy Haynes. Yeah. Uh, oh, with his uncle. carpet cleaning business. Did yeah. you? I didn't know yep. this. Yep. Yeah. I helped him for like two months. At the end of that two months, one of the guys at the Colorado Borough had quit. And they, they knew that he was probably going to quit soon, but they didn't know when. So then he did, and he uh, Linker called me up, and he's like, you know, would you like a full-time job? And yeah. I'm like, dude, heck yeah. Like, that's like the best news I could get right now because I need something steady. You just need something where you're like, all right, I got a, I got a good base. Right. Uh, and I'm not – because not that working with Gordy wasn't a good base, but it was like I needed something where I had ben- – I didn't have insurance. Like, I right, didn't right. have insurance you, you growing up. That. So yeah. I was like, you need the insurance, yep. you need the – better pay and everything else so they uh they took me in at the Cornwall borough and i'm still there and just have those opportunities working with those good guys i mean linker his brother brian another awesome dude i met was uh mikey parker which grew up with my dad which is crazy i mean these these are older dudes yeah yeah but right but we just we create a we create a bond with those guys gelled yeah yeah and you just find so many connections i mean just awesome dudes and i was so fortunate to be able to get in there with those guys and i still am and uh got in with the cornwall borough got in full time my first goal as soon as i got that job was i'm gonna i'm gonna make my dad debt free like he had he had some he had some tax stuff he had going on and um he's still paying a, a house payment on a house that shouldn't have been paying a house payment on because of my mom whatever and uh I was just so, my my first goal was yeah get him debt free. Get debt free. And how so? How old? I was were you I at? was nineteen. Nineteen, and this is what you're thinking. Yeah. Most nineteen year old kids, I think, are thinking like, okay, I'm getting the new PS5, or I'm getting this car, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You know. No, I mean, ever ever since I was, you know, ten, eleven years old, reality hits for me a lot a lot sooner. So when I got to that nineteen year old age, and I was like, well, you know, now you're in the real world. Like now you're about to experience you're you're an adult now. No matter where you, whether you like it or not, yeah, it's what you got to take because this is the opportunity that I had. So I took the opportunity and went with that. And actually, two years ago, I ended up buying. Like I said, I bought my house uh, from my dad with that with that money that cleared and he sold his apartments that cleared all of his debt. And then we transferred the house over to my name and. Now my dad can live a, a lot more stress free. That's awesome. He does a lot of fishing now, a lot of sleeping. Yeah. A lot of babysitting of my sister's uh my sister's kids and he just loves being a grandpa now. So I mean I'm I'm so happy to see him stress free. That was my goal. And now that I have that, it's just it gives me like some fulfillment for yeah, sure. It's probably a weight off your shoulders. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Probably since a young age you've had that in the back of your mind. You don't want him to take care of your family, support your family. And, and then especially your father as you got older and, and you, you guys really connected. Yeah. I mean, just to get into taking care of my dad, just the way he, just what he did for me growing up. It was like, I finally got to pay him back. So now that, now that we have that, it's even more of a bond together. And he's so glad that I have the house because he had that house growing up. His grandparents built the house. Oh, wow. So it's been your family for generations. Yes. Ever since it was built. That's awesome. And, uh, it's just, it was an awesome experience to go through that. And I want to shout out Ethan Daubert for helping me out. That was an awesome guy through the process. Ethan Daubert, I mean, he uh, worked for Cross Country Mortgage. 
I, I actually asked him at morning hoops. I'm like, you know, what do you think about, what do you think about like, if I could do this with my house and would, would this go through or would that go through? And he's like, you know, I think we could, we could work something out around that. And I was like, yeah, I mean, if you could help me out, that'd be great. And I was probably hitting that guy with texts and calls on the weekends. And he was like, you know, whatever you need, whatever yeah. you need. And I gotta, I gotta give some credit to him because he was big, big help with getting that whole deal settled. And, and Fred Long, you had Fred Long on yes. too. Big, you know Fred Long? Yeah, big, big help in that process, too. I mean, I, I appreciate those guys more than yeah. they know. Well, they're great people. Yeah, Salt of people. the earth. I feel like they do anything for you. I mean, I know Fred a little bit just because he's, he's an avid listener of the podcast, mm-hmm. which, again, I I knew of his family business and what they do, but I didn't know him personally. Yeah. And then, you know, meeting him and uh, Ethan Dalbert, I, I want to get him him on and uh, his brother, you know. I wanna, oh, yeah, yeah. I want to get him on, too, on the podcast. So if you guys are listening, let's uh, let's get something penciled in a while. If it's all right with you, because you had this on the form, you mentioned losing your nephew, your best friend, to a drug overdose back in, in 2019. Yep. What was that like? It sounds like your life's good, you're riding a high, and then this happens. Yeah. yeah. So I was actually at the London Cedar Crest basketball game, and uh, and my dad doesn't really ever say this. I get a text from him, and he's like, you know, call me when you can. So I was like, all right, whatever. So I'm sitting at the game, game ends, I go out. Me and my girlfriend are driving home, and I call him, and he's like, you know, I got some bad news. And I'm like, well, what's that? And he's like, uh, Antoine was at a, a home out in Lancaster, and they found him overdosed. Wait, who? And he's like, Ant- like Capri. And I'm like, no way. Like, there's there's no way. And and when you get that news from a childhood best friend, like you – and I never had that experience, but when you get that – that news that's just so devastating with somebody your age, you really like it just processes. You're like, can't, can't be, you know? And, and that honestly, that, that broke me pretty bad. Reality set in big time. Like I said, the real world, it's, it's a brutal place and it doesn't really care who you are. Yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll tear you down and you just got to keep getting up and, and getting after it. And this, this tore me down pretty bad. He actually overdosed. He got his first paycheck and, used it for the wrong reasons no shit yep uh, and it happens more often than what people know you know what i mean yeah. Oh, there's, yeah there's so many young kids out there that are battling drug addiction and and they're and they go through corrupt homes and all this stuff and then they get out and they and they kind of just have no path they have no guidance my my first thought was what about my other my my other little nephews like his brothers he had three younger brothers oh wow and and his mom so I get in touch with them, and then obviously I'm I'm over there all the time, trying to take care of them as best as I can, do my part. I probably wasn't involved as much as I should have been before this, but you know I, I do what I can. We were all childhood best friends growing up, so it's just it hit tough, it hit it hit hard, but it rocked you for sure. Oh my God, somebody your age, and my first thought is just like so young, so much potential, right? And that's and that's what I think now when I see it in the news and and not even just drug overdose, but, you know, just committing crimes and being involved with the wrong people. And it's like so much potential just wasted. It's like all they need is a little bit of guidance. Exactly. So I get through the the heartbreak of all that. And then my thought is like, how can I, how can I help? Like, how can I guide? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, w- I want to help and, and be a guidance. So we went through that and got through that. And his mom is, I mean, obviously she, she's still, still a little bit depressed from that. And we get through it, and I take good care of them as much as I can, and it's just a that's still a, a good tight family now. That kind of brought them, that brought them close. So 
after that, I was thinking about how can I help? So I was helping with coaching a little bit, you know, like we said, coaches have a crazy impact on, on kids. Definitely. So I was helping with football, basketball, wherever I could help there. And then I'm um, helping with my nephews and trying to do the best I can with them. After that, I'm kind of just getting into like the fitness, the fitness aspect. Yeah. So then I got into doing some races, some lifting, and I have a little bit of fitness background from sports in high school. So I felt like if that potential was lost in my nephew, like one thing I can't do to myself is yeah. let any potential on the table. Like I got to give it, I got to make sure that when I get to that point where it's like the end and it's like, all right, you did this, 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 and this, like, that's me. Like, that's, that's exactly what I accomplished. Yeah. That's what I could do. And I went, I went over. So when you say get to the end, like you're meeting, like, I mean, and I go, I go to judgment day. Yeah. In front end of your God. life. And that's, your that's, life. that's yeah. how, that's what I believe in. Mm-hmm. And I mean, mm-hmm. anybody can believe in what they want, but yeah, like yeah. I believe, and it's a, it's a big, uh, inspiration from, uh, David Goggins actually. Okay. Is that what that is? Yeah. DG. David, I see it. Okay. David Goggins. Um, and he always says, you know, my, my scariest thought is when I get to that day in front of God and he says, you know, Oh, here's the Navy SEAL, the the guy who did ultra marathons, this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. And you're like, no, nah, that's not me. And he's like, well, no, that's how you could have been. Oh, wow. It's like, well, I left it on the table yeah. and I, I didn't push. So now it's like, my thing is no, no potential left. So you want to seize like, the moment. Uh, like you want yeah. to go all in. I'm going, yeah. I'm going above. Like yeah. if, if I'm going to be this, I'm going more. That, that kind of really brought a fire in me losing my nephew and I just turn it into something positive. Would you say, you know, losing your losing your nephew, your best friend, that motivates you day in and day out to be the best version of yourself? 100%. I actually have a, my sister got a t-shirt that just says like in memory of Antoine Capri Benson and his dates and everything. And I actually have a cross with his name and his, his birthday on it, on my, on my neck, everywhere I go, every single day. And actually during my, uh, my last ultra marathon that I did, my first one, when times would get tough, you know, I'd hold on to this. And I'm like, you know, yeah. I'm, 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 he's with me. Yeah. Like no matter what times would get tough. He went through, he went through some tough times. They ain't near as tough as like, well, his times are a lot tougher than what I'm going through right now. Right. So I can do this. You can do it. So I can do it. It's just that that's a, that's a big, it's a big motivator for me. And that keeps me disciplined. That keeps me consistent. And I have that t-shirt hanging in my room with a, a purple ribbon on it in memory of a uh, overdose awareness. Actually, my first marathon I did in Philly, half marathon, I had the purple ribbon on my shorts. Wow. And, yeah, the and, whole time you kept it on there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was just him being with me, you know, carrying me through the tough times right. and, and being with me through the good times. You got to take the good with the bad, and, and he's with me through all of them. So he motivates me, and he's, he's definitely pushing me past my potential. Your nephew, even in death, springboarded you to where you are now with the fitness with the working out, with the marathons. I mean, you brought, what did you bring here, two? I got my uh, my first marathon medal in Philly, and then I actually just recently did a, a 50K, which is a little over 30 miles, uh, on a trail race. Inspired by... This one here? Yep. Inspired by uh, my good buddy, Mitch Spittle. Mitch Spittle, yeah, yep. okay. He was on yep. the podcast. Great yep. young man. I knew nothing about him until he came on. Oh, uh, guy's, guy's a beast. He's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's got the same mindset. Kind he actually of just won an ultramarathon marathon. In Virginia, he ran, I believe it was 64 miles. Wow. It was yeah. a 10-hour race. So you run for 10 hours. Nonstop. A four-mile loop as much as you can. 
Wow. As many loops as you can. He beat the guy by like the la- the next guy behind him by like seven miles. Holy cow. Yeah. That's Guys, just that's just drive. He, you just wanted more. He's got it. Yeah. Wow. He's got it. Okay. So you two work out a lot and like Oh yeah, do we, runs we do stuff. a good amount together. Push he, each other. Yeah, we text each other a good amount and and he's on the grind too. So, you know, we, we talk as much as we can, but we're both out here trying to pass our potential. So what were you know, out of the two medals, um, what was like, okay, so this is this is dirt this is like in the backwoods kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. That's and then like this a, is this is in the cities, right? That's in, in the Philly. city. Yep. Okay, this is a Philadelphia marathon. What were some of the challenges you faced in each of those races, like mentally, physically? The marathon, I will say, you get into marathon prep, and and I've only ever done a half marathon before that. When I got into marathon prep, it was a it was a big eye opener. The amount of miles you gotta like you should run during a week. I think I maxed out at like during my marathon prep, I did like. 55 miles 55 miles uh of training like a week during a week okay but still yeah yeah, yeah. the one training race i mean the one training uh run i had yeah. was 22 miles and i did it on the rail trail and it was 11 miles out 11 miles back i don't i don't like i've definitely since that ultra marathon i've experienced worse but before that before that ultra marathon that 22 mile run was the worst experience I've ever had working out. It took me to a place where I was like, why am I doing this? Like I started oh, to have that self-doubt. Mentally you were fighting it. You had that yeah. self-doubt and and that self-doubt will 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 get you. Yeah. Because it's like I can like nobody's out here nobody out here knows if I walk the rest of this. I nobody out here knows if I just call my dad and say, you know, pick me up at, at Colebrook. Nobody out here knows that. I did, and I couldn't. I couldn't let myself. But self accountability. Self accountability. I mean, when I got to that, when I got to my car to Rubio Barrel, yeah. it was like I just finished a hundred mile ultra marathon. <laughs> wow. Like I was just like, it's over finally. Yeah. And I just, I think I ate probably like a crazy amount of calories for breakfast. <laughs> I bet, yeah, because you burned so much, <laughs> yeah. dude. That's wild. And then, so the Philadelphia Marathon, that's just on the street, so it's a lot. I mean, it's probably harder on your knees because because you're yeah, you know, but. It's a little fast. It's a lot faster. There's though. probably no incline, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just, it's, it's yeah. pretty flat. I mean, so what was what was that like? How many people ran in this? Hundreds, right? Yeah, thousands. Fucking thousands. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, this is cool. Hold on, I got, I got. <laughs> dude, that's awesome. You've got the Liberty Bell on it. All yeah, right, you're just, a big, you're a big Philly fan. You know so, I am, you know. dude. You know I am. Yeah, no, that that so environment. That like? You have people that you don't even know lined up along the streets. Yeah. And they got signs out there with funny sayings on them or whatever they put on them. Those guys are out there supporting you. And they don't know you from the next guy. Yeah. But regardless, they're out there cheering you on. And, and you come into that finish line and you're 26 miles in and the streets are lying with people and they're just going crazy. Yeah. And you're just giving it like you're gassing it. Right. Whatever you got. And you get to the finish line and it's like, that's contagious. It's contagious. Like you get to the finish line and my first thought is like, I want to go. I want to go farther. Like take me wow. farther. So now then I signed up for a 50K. Mitch actually did a 50 miler on the same course a year ago, so he was familiar with this course. We get, we went out to this is also in Philly. The, okay. My 50k. It, it was supposed to rain that day when we got there. It was like drizzling, and it was not bad. Okay. The the course was still pretty solid, but 15 miles in, so one loop in, it got very very muddy because of the other runners running on it too, patting it down and opening the course up, and then it started like pretty much downpour. I mean. I had my girlfriend there and Nick was there and Mitch was there. I came around a corner the one time and they're standing out there like recording me and they're soaked. And I'm like, 
dude, you can't ask for, yeah. you can't ask for better people to, to support me. And I was, I, in that moment, I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm blessed. Like I'm out here doing this. It sucks. But these guys are out here right along by my side, giving yeah. me water bottles, giving me whatever I need. I appreciate them so much for that because without them, I mean, it's, I don't believe that it would be possible. It's pouring down rain. I'm like 20 miles in and I'm, and I got dudes running next to me and they're like, Oh, you know, how are you feeling? And I'm like, you know, whatever I'm going through, pushing through and I'm just grabbing onto my necklace and looking at my team TIFF bracelet. Yes, and it's yeah. like, those things are pushing me through and I get to, and it's just like one step in front of another. It's just like what my dad always preached to me. It's just one more step. Yeah. Show up one more time. One more step. If you can go one more step, why not Why not take another one and yeah. take another one? And then before you know it, you're a, another mile. It's that compounding consistency that just adds up and adds up and adds up. And then all of a sudden, you're at the finish line and it's like, I did it. You're where you want to be in life. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't, I can't uh, ever explain that feeling without somebody going through it. But that finish line feeling is, is something that I believe everybody should probably go through at some point. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta start my journey. Yeah, yeah, you it do. might be a little bit, but yeah, I should take a look at that because <laughs> no, I, I believe it. it. It gives you a rush, you know, and it it gives you a feeling. And uh, to have that base, you know, with you mentioned Nick and Mitch and and your girlfriend, what's her name? Taylor. Shout out Taylor. Yeah. You know, to have them there in the pouring down rain, you know, and a lot of people would be like, I'll just uh, see the post on social media or something like that. But they were actually there for you. That says a lot, you know. Says, yeah, yeah. Says a no. lot about you, the people you you come up with. Yeah. I mean, just from day one growing up the people I've been surrounded with definitely is the reason why I, I got on that right path because it would be so easy for me to hop on a different path yeah and just probably go out and and do drugs and and drink and not really care about my health or because everybody around me was doing that right but I just got caught up with that good group and that's what I mean when I say the guidance like that guidance for these kids growing up it's just that's all they need they just need that that one guy that goes into the park and plays basketball with them every day or, or, you know, at school, that one teacher that just asks them how they're doing every day. The, the people don't realize those little gestures that just go so far mm -hmm. for some of these kids because they don't get that at home. Yeah. Even just my advice to people out there, just ask somebody, you know, how are you doing or have a good day or every time I pass somebody on the rail trail when I'm running, it's I'll pass them one way and it'll be, you know, good morning. And I pass them back, and it'll be have a good day. Maybe they'll not not hear that the rest of the day, but yeah, you know, they got probably, to hear it that day for me. Exactly, and it probably meant a lot to them in that moment because, you know, most people I think don't even really communicate. Like you said, we're, we're social beings, you know, mm -hmm. and I think it does stem from, you know, the families throughout throughout the country and throughout the world. It's it's that those role models, mom, dad, you know, older brother, older sister, and you know how they educate how they bring you up how they you know like just just be in your life you know it, it means a lot to kids you uh, know and to 100%. not have it, it it takes a huge effect to not have that role model yeah you just got to have that that social i mean it's funny if you ask uh a lot of people that i'm surrounded by they'll be like man everywhere we go you know somebody yeah and i'm like i'm thinking in my head well i, I talk a lot but uh <laughs> a lot of people know me just because i've been around a lot of places like uh, I've been around a lot of groups. I've been in, I've hung out in the city a long time. I've hung out uh, in Cornwall a long time. I've hung out just everywhere. Everybody, there's a lot of people that know me. I mean, and you just meet people random different ways, but I talk to them. Like I interact with them. Right. I don't just go around and, and just be Mr. In my phone the whole time, not talking to anybody or, 
antisocial because you know I had a rough upbringing or whatever like like you said there's so many people that would have no idea of what I went through because every day I went to school or every day I showed up to football and track and basketball I had a smile on my face I was gonna say you always had a smile I was just I had gonna a say smile that. because yeah. it could just help that one other person and it's like if if you're doing good I'm I'm doing good yeah then we're all then we're all gonna be doing good exactly and those are the like Kefra and all them those dudes it yeah. definitely helped me smile every day for sure. There you go. And I wanted to hit on as we start to wrap it up here because you did two other items. You have the bear performance hat and then the shoes, which we'll have to get a picture of. But tell us a little bit about both of those. So then I get into my fitness journey and I, I find out about Nick Bear and, and uh, Coach Bear's nephew. Yeah, I didn't know that small world. Right? Yeah, it's like, exactly. Yeah. Grew up in Palmyra. So when I heard that, I was like, you know, local dude, good, good cause, awesome message, go one more which is yeah. big in what I say because just one more day or whatever. And um, I ended up getting involved with his uh, company. They reached out and they actually thought that I was already like an ambassador for them. Oh, okay. And I was like, no, actually I'm not. And they're like, wait, what? And they're like, well, we got to get you a part of the team. And I'm like, I mean, dream come true right here. Right, right, yeah. Like, so, so then I got signed up with them as an ambassador with uh, BPN and get some supplements from them a lot. I get a lot of supplements from them, uh, a lot of gear, they hooked me up, definitely. I always, Mitch always says it. He's like, he told his sister, he's like, look, if you're looking for Greg, look for the kid wearing the BPN gear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's pretty, It's I'm probably wearing something BPN you're every, rocking everywhere it. I go. So I get involved with them and, and I'm looking to obviously do more with them as in go out to Texas sometime and, and meet up with them. Dude, and that'd be wild. Yeah. And lift with those take dudes. Nick. They have like. Take Nick. Yeah, I'll take Nick, you know. Yeah, gotta get some footage. Oh, of course. They have like ambassador weekends and stuff. So they do a lot for the ambassador program. And that's what I like. Like we have team meetings and they talk about, you know, uh, the message they want to spread and uh, products they have coming out and all this different stuff. So they're really, they really involve the ambassadors with the, uh, with the company. And I, I love that. So I'm so fortunate to be involved with those guys. And I went on a call with them on a Zoom call. They had a guest speaker who was the Kane uh, owner. And he was talking to a bunch of, a bunch of ambassadors for BPN. And he's like, you know, if you guys are interested in being ambassadors for Kane, just reach out, email, whatever. So yeah. I email him. And then he reaches up to me and he says, uh, you know, we're going to be doing a, a, like a, a trial or like a tryout. And I was like, sounds good. So I got another pair of Canes. I had one pair. I already bought another pair. So I was like, I'm already kind of ahead of the game. I'm wearing them all the time, always in my uh, gym, my gym edits and everything. So I reach out to Nick and Nick's like, dude, we could we could get some good footage going, whatever. Yeah. We put out at the end of the month, we put out a good a good cane video. We got some good footage at Cedar Crest and immediately they reached out and they were like, send this footage to their person who takes care of all like the raw footage to okay. put in for like their little commercials they make. And they're like, and congratulations, like you got accepted into our program and I texted Nick immediately and I'm like, dude. We did it. Yeah. Like we got in with them Let's and it, all it took is one video. So yeah, yeah. I'm like Nick, Nick from the start, dude, he was, he was invested in me and he believed that we could do it. And you know, we both kind of just believed in it and we did it. I mean, yeah. it was, it was awesome. So now I'm involved with them. They're going to have some similar, they have a, they have a similar ambassador program now as BPN. They're kind of following okay. the BPN business style because BPN is becoming just so successful. Yeah. So, so Kane, you know, is, is a shoe, but it's not, um, like a sneaker or like, a 
what is it, Hook or Hauk or what's the HUK? Oh, yeah, yeah. I did hear about those. Those are like recovery shoes too. Yeah. So that's what this is. It's like yeah, a recovery shoe? It's a recovery shoe. The sole is actually split into two. So it's called cane because part of the sole is made out of sugar cane. Whoa. I was wondering. Okay. I was like, where did yeah, you get the so name cane? It's like two parts of the sole and then one part is like a little harder. The other part that your foot is touching is softer. So it has more cushion and it helps with the bottom of your feet because the bottom of your feet when you're doing endurance and, and lifting stuff it takes a beating and you just want to really always take care of your feet. You never want to have problems with your feet. I Definitely, mean, you you right. got to be on them every day. Yeah. So that's why I kind of invested in them. And I actually had plantar fasciitis in my left foot after my marathon. And that's like when the bottom of your foot is, it feels like it's so tight that like there's like a band there and it just doesn't want to stretch. It's so, okay. it's a really tight stretch on the bottom of your foot. And every time I would wear my canes, it was like, I, I wouldn't feel it. I put on my work boots, I put on my running shoes, I put on my lifting shoes. I feel it. I put on my canes, and I'm like, wow. I just feel good. You feel real yeah, good. Yeah, I feel okay. good. So I'm like. So they're you know, comfy. Yeah, they're nice, so that's like, when I yeah. kind of started to invest in them more. And I was like, I like the message they push, come back better. Come and, back better. Ooh, yeah. That's nice. Now, what if you're not like a ultra runner, hybrid athlete? What if you're just like a dad, two kids, you know, and, and maybe you go for a walk here and there. Maybe you're getting back in. Is it for everybody? Yeah, I mean, I would say if you're if you're going for a walk and stuff, like I go for walks in my canes all the time, just because I mean it's my it's my recovery shoe. Like when I take off my work boots, put on my canes, go to the gym. When I go for a run, I have my canes with. As soon as I'm done for with a run, put on my canes. I go like we went out to uh, the beach. I mean, they're great beach shoes. Obviously, they're, okay. they're like so breathable. So like we went out to the beach, we went out to eat and everything. I don't think. Me and my buddies, we were all wearing canes. I don't think we took them off. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, wow. so we just we just wore them everywhere. Like, yeah. We were at the beach, we wore them. If we were going out to eat, we wore them. I mean, I, I wear them. I have three pairs now. I, I probably rotate between all three of those Yeah. pretty much all the time. Breathable, lightweight, comfortable canes. Get you some. Yeah, yeah. come back better. There you go, come <laughs> back better. Exactly. So how can our listeners connect with you and follow along on your journey? Um, I would say they could they could follow me on Instagram. I'm sure I'll, I'll be tagged on the on the post. Yes. And then um, if anybody ever wants to like reach out, you know, and and run with me or lift with me. I mean, I lift with so many different people because yeah. I just I never want to turn somebody down. If they want to get better, I'll get better with them. That's you know? awesome. Yeah. There's so many people like I see some people at the YMCA and they, they want to lift and uh, I'll be like, all right, you know, I'll be here whenever I'll, I'll hit you up and we hit, we hit a lift or like Nick, for example, we hit lifts or I lift with two other kids. I live with so many different people. It just, it varies, but I don't care who I live with or what you lift. Nobody's ever going to judge. Yeah. You know, we just go in there to get better all together. So it sounds I, like you're trying to throw down the gauntlet right now. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> like you're trying to call me out. Is that what you're doing? I, I mean, Hey, if you want to hit a lift, you I let do, me know, man, I need to get back into it, man. You're probably it's stronger been, than I am it's right been now. A hot minute. No, no chance. <laughs> in hell, dude. But, uh, all right. So if anybody, no matter what their skill set, no matter where, no matter how at, fast they run or whatever, just, just reach out. And yeah. I'm always down to, Give advice or uh, reach out on Instagram. I'm on TikTok, Facebook. Um, what, are, what are some of the handles? Uh, my Instagram handle is at Greg Munion. So it's simple. Uh, my TikTok is the same. And my Facebook is just, just, I'm sure if you look up Gregory Munion, I'll be on there. Uh, it's probably like some shirtless picture of me as a profile picture there or something like that. I take a lot of those. Um, <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, look at you. You're jacked. Jacked. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. You can find me on those platforms for sure. Reach out and... Uh, if anybody needs any advice with lifting, lifestyle, running, diet, you know, any of that stuff, I'm always I'm always willing to give time, 
just because I believe a, a fit community, you can never go wrong with a fit community yeah. or, or somebody who invests in their long-term health. So if anybody reaches out to me on that, I'm always willing to answer. It's not like I have a crazy amount of DMs coming in, so I can always answer. I got yeah. time. I'll be recovering for a while, so I got plenty of time. Oh, yeah, to, yeah. So I don't know if we hit on that, but maybe you want to touch on that real quick for the listeners. What happened here? Yeah, I had a – I was actually doing probably something I shouldn't have been doing, an ego lifting uh, on the bench, and – I felt a little bit of strain in my core, and I was like, you know, I might be a hernia. So I was like, well, I'll go get checked out. And I got checked out, and it was a hernia. Immediately, my first thought was like, you know, long-term health. You know, take care of yourself and prioritize it. You know, most people don't prioritize hernias, and they, and they live their, a lot of their life with it. So I got that fixed uh, on Thursday, two days ago. Jesus. Um, and now I'm in recovery for some time being, but... Like I said, and what were you doing? You said what? What'd you say? I was ego lifting. So what the hell, what the hell is that? You know, I'm just probably putting too much. Uh, when you're when I'm when when you're out of high school and you're out of the competition stuff, there's no reason to be like max benching. So you put a little too much on. You just you got I was little... just testing the waters, you know, and and the waters said so not today. They were too deep take, for me. Take a break. <laughs> take a step back. All yeah, right. So I got you. so I got that fixed. So that's and, fresh. Wow. I mean, that was wow. All right. And you're here on the podcast. Yeah, I'm here on the podcast. I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling uh good. Good. Like I said, everybody's saying like, oh, you know, I'm so sorry to hear about your surgery or whatever. And, and I'm not really, I'm not really accepting sorry as like a, as like an answer because I'm more just focused on it's God's plan. It's God's plan. You know, uh, one step backwards, five steps forward. There you go. So that's, that's my goal. Just stay positive yeah. through, through, uh, tough times like this and don't let anything keep you down for long because it's really not worth it. There's, there's so much time that as long as you just keep pushing forward, as long as I keep going one more day on this recovery, everything will fall into place and success will come. Perfect. All right, so before we close out, is there anything else you'd like the listeners to know? Um, I just I want to push the message that we need to, as a community, just really invest in our youth and invest in the kids who, you know, in the, in the community, not just the kids. Um, like I said, just give that, make somebody smile someday or do what you can when you can for them because some people just don't have that outside like at home they don't yeah. have that they don't have that uh support at home and and at one point i didn't have it and, and i shouted out so many people because i had such a great support growing up and i still do and i appreciate them so just be somebody's support and spread that positivity because positivity is contagious so there you go that's all i gotta say yeah someone's always looking up to you whether they're younger or older you know and, and you could have a, an impact on their life i agree 100 yeah. percent. and i want to shout out Nick Felty over here, because you guys can't see him, but he's doing some video. This young man came in with Hollywood, brought three tripods, three cameras. So I don't know what's going to happen here, but uh, yeah, thank Nick, you for coming in, Nick. Shout out, Nick. He's, he's an awesome dude. Dude, I'm excited. I'm real excited. So he's here. Hollywood's here. I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, anything else? I appreciate you having me on, dude. Yeah, it, dude. It was so cool that we got to. It's been a minute. Like we've been. I think you were one of the first guests to fill out the form. Yeah, I, f I was like, dude, Sully's got a podcast. Been I got to get year. on that thing. Yeah, yeah. No, so I appreciate. I'm, it. I'm so fortunate to spread the message and and try to be able to help as many people as I can. Greg Munyon, aka Hollywood hybrid athlete and motivational influencer on the American Grown Podcast in the Color Tech Creative Solutions Studios. Thank you for joining me. Appreciate you, Sully. Awesome, brother. Great job. To see photos of today's guests and more content, just search American Grown Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. If you'd like to be a featured guest on the podcast, please direct message or email Austin 
at AmericanGrownPod at gmail.com.